Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Show, where we explore all things productivity, well-being, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Y'all, lately, I have been feeling so good. Calm, focused, my anxiety has dropped precipitously, and as a result, my ADHD symptoms are also doing a lot better, and obviously those are two different disorders, but they typically ebb and flow together because they are both nervous system-related disorders. So in today's video, I'm gonna tell you what I have been doing to calm my anxiety, reduce my ADHD symptoms, and improve the quality of my nervous system. Because at the end of the day, the more and more I learn about ADHD and neurodiversity, managing our nervous systems is at the core of everything we need to do to feel good, both from emotional regulation standpoint, but also how we feel in our body, our digestion, inflammation, all of those things. It really comes down to nervous system management. So before I get into what I've been doing differently, let me give you a little bit of a tour around your own nervous system so we know where we're going with this. So let's start with polyvagal theory, which was designed by Dr. Stephen Porges. And the way he breaks it down is that there's three different states that our nervous system can be in. Ventral vagal, which is basically rest and digest. That's when we feel safe in our bodies and we're open to connection. And we generally feel more calm and focused because we have the most access to our prefrontal cortex in that state. So the next state you're gonna find yourself in a lot of the time if you have ADHD or anxiety is sympathetic state, and that is our fight or flight response. So if you commonly feel either irritated and agitated, maybe angry, or if you feel a lot of angst and nervousness, which is what I feel a lot of the time right here, then you probably spend a lot of time in this sympathetic state. And as you probably already know, sometimes this state is where we need to be. If we need to run away from something quickly or stop a child from walking into the middle of the road, this state gets our body to react very quickly to things before we're even thinking about it. In fact, very rarely do we think about these motions because they're coming from the amygdala. And I talk about this all the time. That's your fight or flight center of the brain that makes your body react before you have time to really process what's going on. That's why very often we do things impulsively and then we go, why the hell do we say this? Or why the hell did I do that? It's because your body is reacting before you have time to really process what you're doing in the prefrontal cortex. So we know that state very well. But I also wanna talk about the third state, which is the dorsal vagal state. And that is the freeze mode we can often get into, especially if you have ongoing feelings of depression or when you're in situations where you just don't feel like you have a lot of options and you feel trapped and just devastated, right? Like there's just nothing I can do about this. And when you get into those states and everybody gets there once in a while, we just sort of curl up, right? And that's why it's called dorsal face. Just like a dorsal fin on the back of a fish, we just kind of curl up and expose our back. So when we're in that state, it's really hard to do anything. That's where procrastination kicks in. Sometimes it's hard just getting out of bed or taking a shower or facing the day because you feel like you have so few options that you're just kind of going through life surviving. And even as I'm talking about that, I feel the need to curl up. So you know how that feels. Often you just feel heavy and sad. Your digestion is probably off. Your body's hormones change. So you start pumping out more cortisol and there's nowhere for it to go. So it ends up being stored in your belly 
as fat. And that is also true for the sympathetic stage. So we have rest and digest, which is that ventral vagal stage. And when we're in that phase, again, we're ready to connect because we feel safe and our heart is open. And we're thinking about connecting with others more than we're obsessing over what others think about us. But when we shift into that fight or flight stage, it could just be that your boss walks into the room and all of a sudden your posture might look the same, but you're vigilant, right? Like you're looking around to see, is he looking at me? Is he mad at me? Like, what is he thinking? And all of a sudden you become very stiff. Like if somebody taps you on the shoulder, your head will literally hit the roof. So all of these reactions are happening in the vagus nerve, which goes from your brain all the way to the bottom of your pelvis. And they're split into three different areas. So your rest and digest is from the heart to the brain, that's where those nerve endings are. So it's not surprising then that it relates to heart opening posture, right? Where your shoulders are back and down and you just feel good. The second stage, which is our fight or flight, is also called the sympathetic stage, is somewhere from the chest down to about the waist. And that's where our nervous system connects to our gut organs. So when you have a gut instinct about something, that's coming from your sympathetic stage. Or when you have problems digesting food or going to the bathroom, that's also because of that fight or flight stage being engaged. And both your rest and digest and your fight or flight stages are on the front of the body. The dorsal phase is on the back of the body. Remember we were talking about curling inwards and that is connected to a lot of your organs around your gut and your pelvis area as well. So it overlaps a lot with the fight or flight stage and impacts digestion, the release of cortisol and belly fat, which clearly nobody really wants. So obviously we wanna aim to be in rest and digest most of the time, and then switch into our fight or flight whenever we need to, but then shift back into our rest and digest. Obviously we don't aspire to spend much time in our dorsal phase because when you feel that, your body is clearly feeling a need to turn in and protect itself from something, whether it's real or perceived. I wanted to give you that context because it's really gonna help you understand the three things that I'm doing differently that have helped enormously keep me in that rest or digest phase. The first one, I gave up coffee. And you might be like, oh, hell no, I could never give up coffee. That was me. I love me some coffee. It definitely does help me think clear and just wake me up a little bit. But it's also a stimulant that releases a lot of cortisol in the body. So it's activating that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, where you know, you're a little jittery or a little bit more alert, which is great if you need it. But if you're somebody who lives in that state a lot of the time to begin with, then compounding it with coffee is not helping. So I haven't completely given up on caffeine, but I'm no longer drinking coffee. Now I start my mornings with a nice hot cup of chai tea. It's a lot less caffeine, but it gives me that warm, soothing drink. And it gives me a little pep in my step without completely knocking me into sympathetic mode. The second thing I've done, and I've only done it about four times because y'all, this is hard. I started cold plunging. Now I know all the biohack bros are doing this and it might sound dumb, but there's a ton of research around this. First of all, it reduces inflammation, which has so many benefits in the body and helps your body's immune system fight things like viruses and cancer and all those horrible things. The other thing it does is reduce the bad fat that's in around your organs. It transfers it into brown fat and it may also help reduce fat, but that's not why I'm cold plunging. I'm cold plunging because when you submerge your body into shockingly cold temperatures, believe it or not, it actually expands your nervous system's ability to cope. 
in the moment when you're cold plunging, it is awful, like awful. I cannot even do it more than 30 seconds right now. But when you get out, all of a sudden your body just kind of goes into that rest and digest phase and you feel amazing. And the great thing about cold plunge is that you don't necessarily have to go out and buy yourself a cold plunger. If you have access to an unheated pool, river, lake, stream, knock yourself out. We're at a rental house in Palm Springs right now and there's an unheated pool in the backyard. So that's what inspired this little experiment for me. But you can also do this in the shower. So generally when you turn on the shower, you wait a few minutes for the water to heat up. So in this case, you might wanna turn on the shower and jump in right away. You'll get immediate cold shock to your face, head, and body, and then it will gradually heat up, obviously. You can also jump into a cold bathtub if you want to, but if you wanna ease into this process slowly, here's what I recommend doing. Get a big mixing bowl like this that you can stick your face into. Fill it up with water, throw some ice in there, and then pull your hair back and dunk your face or your whole head if you want into the water for as long as you can hold your breath, and then come out and see how it feels. I would be surprised if you did not feel some sort of shift in your nervous system and just like a feeling of alertness, but calmness. I'm telling you, it is well worth the experiment. The third thing I've done, which is also a consequence of being here in Palm Springs, is I've switched my workouts. Because I don't have access to a gym here, I am doing a lot more yoga and I'm walking a lot more. So how does that relate to the nervous system? Yoga is a great way to shift your body from fight or flight into rest and digest. Think about it. You're doing all kinds of poses that open your heart and encourage you to breathe more deeply. And as a result, your heartbeat starts to slow down. It's where your heart and your head come into alignment and you get so much more clear thought and focus and just chill vibes. Even just 20 minutes to roll out the mat and do like an easy beginner flow is a great place to start and it will absolutely shift you into that rest or digest mode. So those are the three things that I'm doing differently and I'm not blowing smoke here guys. That It has definitely made a difference for me. Now those things may or may not have the same impact for you. I imagine they would but you might not be interested in doing that. So here's an idea I wanna leave you with. It's inspired by Anne Laurie. She's a founder of Nest Labs and I believe she's a neuroscientist. She talks about taking an experimental mindset to the things that you're doing. So in this case, I would encourage you to think about a situation in your life that shifts you into that fight or flight mode all the time. And then when you think about that, let's say it's whenever you have a one-on-one -on -one with your boss, you feel tense and you go in there with sweaty palms and you don't really say the right thing and sometimes you say the wrong thing and it's because you're in that limbic area of the brain and your stomach's a little twisted, right? So what if you took an experimental approach to the next time you have a one-on-one -on -one with your boss? Say to yourself, in this next meeting, I'm gonna practice deep breathing as we're having a conversation and see if that does anything to shift my nervous system. So there's no expectation. You're going into it with curiosity. You would need a way to remind yourself to do that. So maybe you take in a pen and paper to take notes and you have in big block letters at the top, breathe. And then every time you look at your paper, you're reminded to breathe deeply. And then when you come out of that meeting, see how you feel, see if it made a difference or not. I've been doing little experiments since we got to Palm Springs and it's been really helpful. So for example, I'm having a hard time being productive and focused when I'm sitting on the couch with my laptop because obviously I'm not in my home office. So one of my experiments was, if I could set up a workstation here, would I be more productive? And guess what? I am way more productive. So that little experiment was a win. So as I wrap this up, because it's getting long in the tooth, 
Think about an experiment you can do that would hopefully impact your nervous system in a positive way and write it in the comments below because I'm dying to hear what you guys want to try and how it works for you. Thanks for watching guys and I'll see you in the next video. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.